Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Everybody doing good? Man, we got everybody's out of the house. Look good. Who feels like they've been, it's been like a month long? We've been like braving the Arctic wilderness. I just preached last week. I feels like I've been uh, gone for over a month. It feels so good to be back in the house of God. Can we give, up, give it up for Jesus real quick? Come on, he is good. He got you out today. Hopefully none of, your, none of you uh, had frozen pipes. You had heat at your house. And so God has been, been very good to us. And then real quick, I wanna give it up for all of our serve teams that make all of this happen. Come on, can we just, everybody, people back in the sound booth, production booth, come on, our worship team. People that make coffee, people that greet you at the door, people that uh, sweep the parking lots. Come on, people that put out the, the every, every single thing that happens around here. Come on, if it wasn't for you and serve teams, I'm so honored to get to serve with you and, and uh, for you. And I just, I'm thankful to be a part of a house that serves like it does. And so again, thank you. First service, we had someone give their life to Christ. That was one person that, that we know of. Um, and so I just want to say all the serving, sacrifice, preaching, praying, Going, giving, all, all that, um, you're making a difference. You, you, are, you are making a difference in eternity. You're making a difference in the lives of people. And uh, you won't even know until we get to heaven. I won't know what it looks like until we get to heaven. And so you're making a difference. We're going to get into uh, part three of this um, series, Cloud and Fire. And uh, just Cloud and Fire is really just a picture of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit um, is probably the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind. The greatest gift ever given to the planet the greatest gift ever given to you and I, come on, there's a lot of things we want as gifts for our birthdays and for our holidays and for Christmas and all those kind of things, but the greatest gift ever given is the Holy Spirit. And this series is about how the Holy Spirit interacts with us, leads us, guides us, and uh, we're looking specifically at some passages in the Old Testament, and then uh, we'll get into the New Testament a little bit uh, later on in the month. At the end of our, our prayer and fasting right now, how many of you are pray, praying and fasting with everybody? You're in the fast right now, 21 days, awesome, hope it's going good. I hope you're hearing the Lord. Um, those of you that didn't raise your hand, maybe you just won't ever raise your hand at, at anything I ask you to raise your hand for. Um, but so hopefully you're f- maybe fasting. If you, if you aren't, I mean, there's, there's still time to jump in and, and join in uh, for prayer and fasting. Come on. I, I just want to encourage you. Um, the Bible says that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so please hear me, your sacrifice, giving up some TV, giving up some social media, giving up a meal, giving up something, getting up early. We're praying tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., 6 to 7, all next week. Um, doing that, people say, well, I'm not doing that for a reward. Yes, you are. You should be. Like The Bible says that God expects you to expect him to reward you. Literally, it says that you can't even come to him without believing that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so please hear me. Like a lot of times we've in our, in our, um, just misunderstanding of his nature. Um, we, we downplay the desire for reward. And uh, I want to encourage you don't downplay that because his nature is reward. You can't downplay his nature. And so as you seek him, if you haven't been seeking and fasting or giving something up or anything, I would encourage you start today, start this next week and uh, let's watch God. I believe God will reward you. Not, not, I'm not promising it. He promises it. He promises to reward you. It might not be the reward you want. It might be a different reward. It might not be that Lamborghini because that doesn't work in snow anyway. Come on. <laughs> it might be, it might be a G-Wagon. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Don't, 
Don't at me. <laughs> uh, who knows? I don't know what it might be for you. It might be freedom in your mind. It might be healing in your heart. It might be uh, something that's not tangible or touchable in the, in the material. It might be something spiritual. I believe that he will do that for you. And then we culminate our prayer and fasting um, on, on the 28th with uh, an encounter night. And those encounter nights are special times of seeking God, praying, extended worship. I'll preach a, a little bit of a word. And then, and then every year we do this at the end of January. Um, we have our ministry team down for that encounter night and we anoint them with oil. The Bible talks about oil as just a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we can anoint one another with oil or, and pray for each other and there's healing. And so, so we anoint our, lead, our, our ministry team with oil and we pray over them. And then, and then we have moments where you can come and get prayer with your family, with your kids, with your spouse, with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, whatever, by yourself, where you can be anointed uh, with oil. Not, we're not going to pour it all over you. <laughs> you know, just put a little on your hand. And maybe your kids need it poured all over them. Bring them. We'll pour it all over them. We'll make them so slippery the devil can't stick to them this year. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that's what the Holy Spirit does. It'll make you so slippery the devil can't hang on. That's what, that's what we'll do. And so we'll just pray over them and, and give, believe God for the year to hear heaven. And we'll declare and speak that over people that are getting prayer and, and believing to dedicate this 2024 to God. And so it's going to be a powerful night. I'd love to have you. Uh, be a part of that. So today I'm going to jump into Exodus chapter 13. You've heard a little bit about uh, this verse in week one, and I want to go back and revisit it. It's where the title of the series came from, uh, Cloud and Fire. It's the first time we're introduced really to the Holy Spirit working powerfully in people's lives. God's kids, 1.5 million of them are coming out of slavery, coming out of victimhood. Uh, and this is what it says that God does in Exodus 13 verse 17. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near the easy way. God didn't lead them by the easy way. He didn't lead them by the closer way. He didn't lead them by the shorter way. Some of you been like, God, why have I been going through this for so long? Why has it been taking so long? God didn't lead you by the way that was near for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God knew they weren't ready for war. Some of you are facing some things because you're not quite ready for what God has for you, for the battles you're going to have to fight. And God's using some things. It says, so God led people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. God led people by the way of the wilderness. So often we don't think God's ever going to lead us into a wilderness or into a dry season or into a Arctic season. <laughs> uh, but sometimes God leads us by the way of the wilderness. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under Solomon, saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went before them by a pillar of cloud to lead them to lead the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, he led the way. So as to go by day and night, 24-hour guidance, 24-hour uh, covering, 24-hour uh, presence of the Spirit, day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night from before the people. My title for today is just the way of the wilderness, the way of the wilderness. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you uh, for 2024. Thank you for this year. Thank you that uh, everything you've brought us through. Uh, maybe some are in this room in a wilderness season right now. Maybe they've just come out of one. Maybe they're going to be going into one. I don't know. But Lord, there's different stages and phases of all of our journeys. And so, Lord, whatever you're doing in our life, would you uh, 
Holy Spirit, get involved. Holy Spirit, uh, teach us, guide us, help us to get everything we need from you to, to be strong for this, for this next year and for all that you have for us. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen? The way of the wilderness. God led them by way of the wilderness. It's like, like this, it really has felt like a wilderness this last week. I mean, it's been, it's been crazy. Like I just, I, I got, I've been out like twice, like out of my house. Someone, my good friend had to pick me up, had to pick some of my family members up because uh, our road was too iced over. It's real weird and humbling for a grown man to have to be picked up. You know, I haven't had to be picked up since I got my driver's license, you know, like, hey, I'm waiting, looking out the window, like, they're coming, you know, I'm like, I want to leave. <laughs> I just, it's been, it's been an art, to, it's been, it feels like it's been like two months, right? It feels forever. You know, a lot of times when we're in a wilderness, it feels a lot longer than it really is. Like some of you feel like you've been in it forever, like forever I've been going through this. No, it's been a week. No, maybe it's been, maybe it's been a year. Maybe you've been going through these troubles and maybe you find yourself in an Arctic situation in your heart to God or to the church or to a spouse or to a loved one or to kids or friends. Maybe you find yourself in a dry season or a desert season. God led them. It says God led them into a wilderness. I was thinking this morning coming here, I told my wife, I said, well, maybe the Lord knew Knoxville needed to, to have a, a little, a little slowdown moment. You know, I, I don't know. And I know many of us have faced different fears and anxieties and worry about our businesses and, and, and customers and what is it gonna look like to get back and what are we gonna lose money at, at the start of the business year and how is this gonna happen? How is it gonna be, affect us? And so maybe God just led us to a moment where just you could just get with the Holy Spirit and slow down a little bit and we all got surprised. The, problem, the reason we were all so upset about it is because we didn't believe it. Because we know they lie to us in Knoxville every week. We didn't believe it. They're like, it's coming. We don't believe it. We in the valley. <laughs> they cancel school for wind. Are we going to believe them? No. It's wind. <laughs> God, God leads us. God leads us into moments like this and moments of wilderness seasons. I, uh, I, I remember my son several years ago, um, he was a Boy Scout for maybe a month or two. Uh, learned every bad thing he could learn in those two months as a Boy Scout. Everything we tried to protect him from, he learned in a tent with adolescent boys, you know, out in the woods. And so we didn't want him to learn all that and know all that. But uh, so we, we, we got him out of it eventually. But uh, uh, he, he, uh, I had to go camping on one trip with him. And it was into, the, into Newport, Tennessee. I wouldn't think that was the wilderness, Newport, Tennessee. Uh, it's a little small hill. It wasn't in a mountain range. It was in a hill and it's some guy's farm up on top of a, of a little hill in the woods. And it was in April. So I haven't camped in 20 years or 15 years. I don't know how long it was. And I take my son on this one trip and it's his badge that weekend for wilderness survival. It's wilderness survival badge. And so uh, they're going to get it. And I'm like excited. Dads are up there and we got the camp set up. The night hits April. Record temperatures drop to 18 degrees in the middle of April. Snow starts hip, hitting the top of this little mountain. No, I'm not prepared for any cold weather. I've got a, 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 no, no, cold, no good clothes. It's, it's 18 degrees. I'm freaking out. I'm angry now at this point. I'm like, I don't, I don't do this. And so and now they're like, hey, these boys are going to have to go out and get their wilderness survival badge. And they're going to go into the woods on their own at night and build a little, no tent, no sleeping bags, just, a, you know, just what they had with them, build a little lean-to, you know, moss, a uh, hut with some branches. They don't know what they're doing. They're 12. 
and, and it's 18 degrees and they have to go and they have to make a fire. They have to cook some steak and potatoes out there in the woods by themselves. And uh, I'm kind of, I, I started getting a little freaked out because I'm cold. I'm like, are we really? I'm like, hey guys, scout masters, people that do this every week, are y'all sure we should send the 12 year olds into the woods? It's 18 degrees. Like, they're like, they're going to be fine. You know, these guys are gung ho, you know, I'm like, I don't think, I'm like, all right, I'm like, all right, buddy, good luck. I mean, and I'm concerned all night long. I really am. I'm like, I'm freezing. I brought my own blow up sleeping, you know, pad. I mean, it's a, I brought an air mat. I'm not an air mat. I brought a bed, a queen bed. I put it in the tent. Two other dads are crammed in the corner. I was like, I don't care. Y'all sleep. I'm I'm sprawled out on a big, big giant air mattress in this tent. I don't even know them. They're strangers. I don't care. I'm going to be comfortable. You sleep there. I'm sleeping here. I go to sleep. I'm all I'm waking up in the night. Finally, you're one, the, wondering if the boys, you know, did they survive? Did they make it? And like, like the next day, I'm like looking into the woods and like they come out of the woods with full grown beards. <laughs> like, like, did y'all, did y'all do? Did you make it? Like, we did it, dad. We did it. I'm like, did you get a fire going? Barely, dad. But we, I was like, did you cook your food? We ate it raw. We think, I think it was cooked. Slightly discolored. <laughs> Blood dripping down their faces. Raw potatoes. They were, it was just like, I'm like, yeah. And then, but there was something about them, like something different. Like this different, like, ah, this animalistic manhood. Like they were ready for life. They were ready. The way of the wilderness, the wilderness survival badge they got. You know, you know, in every single culture, there's, there's a, a rite of passage that, that people put their children through. There's some, some rite. Most cultures, even in ancient history, all through culture, there would be a passage where they'd go off into the wilderness, off into isolation, off into, into a moment of survival in order to prove themselves ready for war. In America, we don't have that so much. We've got, you know, video games. But, but in many cultures still to this day, whether it be Boy Scouts or a group of young men and women going and surviving something or, or, or lasting through something, there, there's something about surviving the wilderness that makes you ready for war. And God said, I, I'm not going to lead you to the easy route. I'm not going to lead you through the way that's short and easy. I actually led you into the wilderness because you need to be prepared in 2024 for some battles that you weren't quite prepared for. You're like, why am I in this, God? Why am I facing this, God? Why am I going through this, God? The Bible says God drove Jesus. The Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. And it was in the wilderness where he was tested and he was tempted and he learned who God was and the angels ministered to him and his faith grew and he got founded in the word of God and the power of his word and he beat Satan with the word of God and he, he was prepared for something. The Bible says he came out in the power of the spirit. He went in and was led to the wilderness and came out in the power of the spirit. Don't discount your wilderness. There's power on the other side of it. There's some things God is teaching you to be prepared for that you have to stand up to this next year that Satan wants you to run from. And so, I, God, I don't know why I had to go through this this long, or I don't know why I'm in this wilderness, but the Bible actually says that God is strengthening you and preparing you and teaching you in order to be ready for war so that you're not gonna run scared this next year. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's some things you know you've gotta stand up to that God is working in you in this last season or maybe the season you're going into and getting you ready. His kids had been in slavery for 430 years. 1.5 million people enslaved as victims 
Here's the thing, the wilderness, we don't go into the wilderness just for the wilderness sake. We go into the wilderness to prepare us for God's will. I believe, I believe when we saw Jesus come out of the power of the, out of the wilderness and the power of the spirit, we saw the greatest move of the Holy Spirit we've ever seen, the greatest move of God we've ever seen on planet earth. And you know, the greatest moves of God in your life, the greatest moves of God in your family, the greatest moves of God in you personally come on the other side of a wilderness. When you learn who God is and when you figure out how to trust him, when your faith gets founded and you begin to understand how the word operates in you and through you and you understand how God's ministering angels work and you beat the devil and you eat the raw meat <laughs> and grow a beard overnight. <laughs> it just changes. It just, it just settles our spirit. It just helps. But, but we can't do that without the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit helps God's kids. They're slaves for 430 years. They're victims. And all of a sudden God does miracles 10 plagues, destroys the firstborn of the sons of Egypt. Passover comes. They put the blood of the lamb on the door of their house. They believe in the salvation of God. They move out. The Egyptians chase them. They plunder Egypt. They take all the gold, all the silver, all the plunder, and they go into the wilderness to worship. And Pharaoh chases them. They get stuck in a wilderness between a, a Red Sea with Pharaoh on their heels. And this is where we get introduced to, in Exodus 13, a cloud that comes over them by day and night and fire to introduce the Holy Spirit to how he leads us in the wilderness, how he leads us through these things. And I'm just going to give you a couple thoughts today, and then we're going to go back into worship at the end. We're going to do this all month, and I just, uh, I just felt from the Lord that we should just go back in every week to a moment. I want to build your faith for a few minutes, and then I want to see our faith engage and believe God as we worship him and and give him the end of each of our services these, these, these weeks and see him move in a supernatural way. Here's what the Holy Spirit does if you're facing a wilderness or you're going to or you're coming out of one. Holy Spirit, number one, this is important. Holy Spirit, he's, our, he's a gift. He's our gift. He, he's, not, he's not something you earn because you handle the wilderness just right or you've done everything perfect or you've obeyed every rule of God. He's not something that you can prove that you, you deserve. He, he's, just, he's just a gift. If you look in Exodus 12, what did God's kids do to deserve this pillar of cloud and pillar of fire? Nothing. This pillar of cloud and fire just showed up in their, in their, in their hardest moment, in their most, most dire moment. This, the spirit shows up. They didn't do anything. You know what they did? They put the blood of the lamb on the door of their house. They, they just trusted Jesus, and then, and then he gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit. You and I, it's just, all we have to do is trust Jesus to lead us to the gift of the Spirit. We get the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you know there were no commandments in Egypt? There wasn't anything for them to obey, to earn or be worth or deserve not being victims any longer. There was nothing that they could have done. God just decided, I've heard their cry in my mercy. I'm going to give you this gift and I'm going to lead you out of this wilderness. Some of you just need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like, like you think you need to be a super Christian or perfect or man, I, didn't, I blew it too bad or I don't deserve it. No, 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 no. Listen to me. It's a gift. You ever met anybody that has a hard time receiving gifts? Like, no, you shouldn't. No. No. I don't do all that. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Just make it a good one. Like, make it a good gift. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Bible says God only gives good gifts. He's the father of heavenly lights, and every good and perfect gift comes down from above, in which there is no shifting or shadow of turning, nor variableness. 
He never varies from good and perfect, not, not so much as a shadow, as a hint of a shadow. Like, like he gives good gifts. Like, don't, you don't have to argue with God over the bill. Like, nah, like you should, nah. Some, some of us, especially guys at times, we don't like to receive sometimes. We don't, it's hard for men to, to you know, you go out to the meal and everybody's like, oh, I got the bill, I got the bill, I got the bill, I got the bill. I won't do that with you. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So much so, years ago, some of you heard the story, I went out to dinner with a family and we're eating dinner and I thought the bill came and he grabbed it and he had it. And I was like, thanks for dinner, Steve. <laughs> he was like, uh, the bill hasn't come yet. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I really didn't know that, man. I'm so sorry. I, I of course, paid for it because I was so embarrassed, you know, <laughs> by the situation. But, but, but the reality is to, to lay down some of our pride and to lay down some of our ego and say, you know what, God, I, I'm gonna receive the gift from you. I'm gonna receive what you have for me this year. I'm actually gonna admit that I can't do this all on my own. I, I need you to pay for some stuff and give me the spirit and help me. Come on, number one, he's our gift. Number two, he is your guide. He guides you. Like, you have a guide. Like, like I said, maybe this week was just to slow us down enough to hear the guide, to, to speak to us, to talk to us, to teach us, to lead us. He, he's our guide. He wants to guide you in the way you should go. You can't, the Bible says that he went before them and behind them to lead them on the way. I don't know what you're ruminating over in your mind about which direction to take or which path to take or what decision to make this year. There's probably a lot of decisions that you and I have leading into a new year. I just think that you need to slow down. I need to slow down and go, God, I need you to guide me a little bit. Like I can't, I can't guide myself. Have you ever been on a, a trip like that you had a fishing guide and, and then the time you fished by yourself, <laughs> like I fish by myself and catch nothing. I go with a fishing guide. They've got equipment. They've got sonar. They've got radar. They've got boats. They've got tools. They know that they know where all the fish are. And we just sit there in a little boat and drink some water and they, and wait till they say, put your line there. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. That, that's, that God wants to guide you to where the right thing is for your business, the right thing is for your marriage, the right decision for your company, the right decision for your kids. And I just think we gotta trust him and go, okay, you know what? I'm not just gonna rush ahead of the guide. Like, I don't, I don't tell the guide what to do when I'm with a guide. Anybody ever whitewater rafted? You got a guide on the whitewater rafting? Like, you know, when you go, the guide knows the river. He knows the rocks. He knows the danger points. He knows all that. I don't tell the guide what to do. I sit in the boat. He says, paddle hard. I paddle hard. He says, all rest. I rest. He actually gets mad at you if he's told you to rest and you actually keep paddling. He'll correct you. And there's these areas in the river called eddies where the water goes down the river and then it swirls back and goes up upstream. And so like if you're worn out and you're tired, he'll say, get to the eddy and you can get your boat over to an area that'll actually hold your boat in mid river. And you can actually get a rest and get a breather without having to paddle and not having to work at it. Holy Spirit knows where the breathers are and the rest areas are in life where you can pull off and go, hope maybe this week, hopefully this week was a rest week for some people. I know some of us are anxious and we feel like, how are we gonna get back in it? And we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. We gotta, no, he's just guided us. Okay, I'm gonna let you guide me, God, and I'm gonna let you show me how to navigate this thing called 2024, whether I'm in a wilderness or not, you're gonna guide me. The Bible says this, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Holy Spirit, let them by day and by night. Nehemiah 9.19 recounts this story. Yet in your manifold mercy, thank you for your mercy, God. 
You did not forsake them in the wilderness. Come on, some of you feel forsaken. He's not forsaking you. He hasn't left you. He's not forgotten that you're in a wilderness moment. He hadn't forgotten that maybe he led you into that moment. Come on, all of our nation was led into a wilderness in 2020. We're still feeling some of the ramifications and effects of that wilderness moment. But I'm here to tell you, I believe the greatest moves of God come on the backsides of wilderness moments. The greatest moves of the Spirit. Nehemiah, in your manifold mercy, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud did not depart from them by day to lead them on the road, nor the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way they should go. You have a guide to tell you the way you should go this year. Get into the word, pray, get quiet, listen. He's a guide. Number three, this is very important. He's not only a guide, he is our guard. Holy Spirit is a guard. It says the cloud came over them and the fire came over them. And it says this, it says, and the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So get this picture. Here's 1.5 million people with this cloud before them. Uh, uh, an army of Pharaoh, Satan's army. It's a picture of Satan's army, demon forces chasing behind them. And, and, and this cloud moves from before them, goes behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians, Satan's army, and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud of darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other so that it did not come near the other all night long. That literally he's a guard for you you need to get in tune and in touch with the Holy Spirit because he's a guard for you. You're trying to serve God. Christianity is impossible. You're trying to outrun the devil. You can't. You can't outrun the devil. You can't outwit the devil. You can't rebuke the devil. Everybody's like, I'll rebuke the devil. No, you can't. Hmm. Moses didn't even do that. Mo Moses said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. I can implore Jesus to rebuke the devil. We learn about that. Peter talks about it. It says that Moses didn't even rebuke the devil. That, they rest, that the devil and God wrestled for, 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 G, for, for Moses' body, but there's this weird verse that says Moses didn't even do that. Sometimes we get so, so emboldened in our, in, our, in our own strength. It's like, no, 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 the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Now, you can rebuke him with the name of Jesus. But I'm just saying, that's my, I need a guard. I need a Holy Spirit guard to, Holy Spirit, take care of the devil. Holy Spirit, take care of these 2024 demons. Holy Spirit, be a guard around my house. Be a guard around my mind. Be a guard around my heart. Be a guard around my children. Be a guard around my family. Like, especially when you go through the wilderness, that's when you need a guard in your thinking and a guard in your heart. I got this little, I bought a puppy. We got a puppy at our house. And uh, it, it's a Bernie's mountain dog. It's going to be giant. It bit my nose. My, I've been bleeding. And um, we've got another little dog that, that, that is an old, an old, mean girl. She's seven. And uh, she's been a, an only child for the last year and a half. And, like, and she's spoiled. And so she is angry at this puppy. And the puppy just wants to play. Just yapping and biting and trying. And it looks like a fun game. And Daisy looks like this mean little mini wolf. Just like, ah. There's anxiety in my home right now and this dog and I, I like, and, and I didn't want the puppy, but my wife and my daughter talked me into it. And then I, I said, yes. And, and this, but this Daisy, she is guarding everybody from this puppy. She's guarding the food. She's guarding the house. This dog, little Daisy will bark and bark and bark and bark and bark and yap at you. She will yap at me. She forgets that I live there. She come, I come home. She's barking for like 10 minutes. I'm like, Daisy, it's me. I, like I live here. Like, shut up. You can come to my house 
I can introduce you to that dog. It'll bark at you for about five minutes. I'm like, Daisy, stop. We know them. Stop. Okay, it's okay. Most dogs will smell you, and then they, they, they know you at that point. You can do that. You can go to use the bathroom, come out of the bathroom, and she'll begin to bark at you like you have been, never been introduced to her just because you came around the corner. She's guarding my home. She's making sure that there's nothing unwelcome on my property. She can hear it from outside. She can hear a car door. She can hear a neighbor's door. She can hear my son torches her and he'll thump the floor and make it like it's a dang car door and she'll start spazzing it. I'm like, dude, quit doing that. I'm trying to watch TV, you know. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but the Holy Spirit, she, the Holy Spirit wants to be a guard dog for your mind and your heart and your property, making sure nothing that doesn't is unwelcome gets back on the property of your life. In Ephesians 4.30, it says the Holy Spirit is not just a sign to you and I, it's a seal. He's a seal. What's a seal do? A seal keeps out contaminants, keeps out stuff out of your heart, keeps out infection, keeps out bacteria, keeps out impurities. The Holy Spirit, I need a guard around my heart and my mind and my life to keep out impure thoughts and negativity and anxiety and fear and, and depression. And I need a, a guard to keep out all the things that want to try to close in around our life. You wonder why the things keep coming back around you. Listen to me. Just because you got saved, do you think Satan wants to give up his workforce? You remember the story. They get saved. They put the blood of the lamb on their door, and then they begin to go out and worship God. And the first thing that happens is an entire army of Satan begins to chase them because he doesn't want to give them up. That's why some of you, when you got saved, it got tougher. That's why some of you, when you got saved, that girl or that guy that you didn't talk to for 10 years somehow found your number in a different city. That's, that's how when you got saved and you, you, you got through that addiction, but then you moved that new apartment complex and the person that ne lived next door to you was addicted to the same thing you used to be addicted to. Or you thought you had different friends and come on, I'll tell you, once I got saved, I know that people that pretty didn't talk to me when I wasn't saved. Anybody? Like, how's this happening to me? It ain't, that's the devil. <laughs> what I'm saying is, that's why you have to have a Holy Spirit guard to come around your life and begin to cut some of the distance off between the enemy's power and his, his pursuit of you and what God wants to do. So I'm so thankful. In this year, I just want to encourage you. You have a guard. You don't have to be fearful. You can say, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke you, devil. You can't chase me. You can't hound me. You can't haunt me. You can't come after me. I'm in a wilderness, but I have a guard in Jesus' name. Here's the three things. So those are the three things he is to you. He's a gift, he's a, he's a guide, and he's a guard. Here's what he will help you with. And this is important, and then we're gonna go back into worship. Three things he'll help you with. From this story, this is, this is what God's gonna do. It says in Exodus 14, 13, it says, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of God, which he will accomplish today. Listen to this. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall see again no more forever. I love how God puts an exclamation on that. You shall see again no more forever. I just want to say the depression, I believe you shall see again no more forever. The anxiety, the anger, the bitterness, the, the worry, the stress, the addiction, you shall see no more again forever. The, this battle, I know you've been in it a long time, but you shall see again no more forever. What do you have to do? Three things. Here's what the Holy Spirit will help you do. Number one, Holy Spirit helps me, helps you to fear not. Holy Spirit helps us fear not. 
There are so many things to fear out there. They're just, that's what they're throwing at us. They're just, it's just everything they're throwing at, just the fear, the fear, the fear. I mean, I mean, you know, just in the new year, the fear, new strains and, and new vaccines and, and new, new political pundits and new political propaganda and new ads and, and, and new worries and new wars and new debts and new trillions and new, and, 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 and fentanyl and, 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 and giants in the mall in Miami. If y'all don't have Instagram, then you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but who's heard about the giants in the mall at Miami? Yeah. Some of y'all are lying. You've heard. Maybe they're demons. I don't know. And palm scanners at Whole Foods and fentanyl and wars and palm scanners. It's a lot to, it's a lot to, to worry about. The enemy throws at us and the reality is Satan's job is to get you and I to be a victim before we're ever a victim. I remember when I fought COVID in 2020 when it first came out. How many of us were victims before we were ever victims of COVID? I was a victim before I was ever, I was so scared to death. We didn't know. I watched I Am Legend on TV last night. <laughs> Reminded me of COVID, like when it first came out. I was in Colorado with a group of pastors when COVID broke out. Like the only reference I had to COVID in my mind was World War Z with Brad Pitt. That was it. <laughs> so that was my only reference. People bleeding out of their eyes and <laughs> I'm waiting. Like I'm in the airport. We're flying back. We're like COVID, COVID, COVID. What is this? What is this disease? I'm thinking World War Z. You're looking at people in the airport like, oh, are they infected? <laughs> I'm waiting for them to begin to gnash at me and I'm freaking out. I was a victim before I was ever a victim. That's Satan's job is to get you and I this year to be a victim of the what ifs and how and, and who and, and elections and then fear and COVID and diseases and all. I mean, it's just, that's his job. And we end up becoming victims before we're ever victims. I remember when I actually got COVID and I began to battle it and I began to pray through it and I began to fight it and I began to do all. Do you know that when I came through it, I came through that wilderness and it was like, oh, why, why, why? Sometimes we're like, why, why, why? Because then after I got through it, the boldness that was on my life, I wasn't afraid anymore. I wasn't a victim of it anymore. I was like, God taught me some things. I hear your voice. I'm, gonna, I don't go, I'm not gonna go out and, and lick you know, park benches, but, but I mean... But my faith grew and my strength grew and my, my heart with God grew and now you can't intimidate me and I'm bold and I'm strong and I'll face it head on and I will not run because I'm not a victim. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Here's the thing. You can be delivered and still be a victim. The Israelites are proof of it. They wandered as victims for 400 or for 40 years in the desert. They were delivered. See, see, I, I was delivered from COVID, but the, de the deliverance was deliverance, not victory. Many of you think a moment determines your victory. If, if a moment of freedom determines your victory, then Satan can make you a victim at any moment. Deliverance is, or being set free is deliverance. Having victory is a mindset. So some of the things that you've faced and some of the battles that you've gone through and some of the wildernesses that you've worked through with God have been to change your mindset so that Satan can't ever put victimhood back into your spirit or back into your mind. And as he tries, 
You, you know your God enough to go, wait a minute, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to be a victim. You can't victimize me. I wrote it this way. Victory is a mindset of faith, not a moment of freedom. I'm not going to allow the enemy to dictate when I'm free. It's a very, you remember, I mean, our nation was, was settled and freed. What's our declaration of independence? When was that? 1776, Declaration of Independence. You know when we were actually free? 1781. We weren't free on 1776. No battle had been fought. We won the battle in 1881 at Yorktown, Washington. We won the battle. We were free in 1881. But in 1776 is when we declared freedom. When we, when we said we were free. When we decided in our heart and spirit that you cannot do that to our nation. You're free when you decide you're free. Not when the enemy says you get to go free. Come on, going into this year, I just want to increase your boldness and increase your faith. So number one, he helps us fear not. Number two, he helps us stand still. Fear not, stand still. I don't know what you need to just shh about in your life right now. Just stand still. That's probably the hardest part of the human equation. Just for me, it is like just stand still. Just trust God. Just, just wait on God. Moses actually had to tell, or God actually had to tell Moses to shut up in this story. Moses kept crying out in prayer. And God was like, hey, how long are you going to cry out to me? Shut up. Raise the rod that's in your hand. Use what's in your life. Use what's in your hand. And so he had to just be quiet and begin to watch God do some things. Some of us need to just shh. Years ago, my daughter, I was praying for her to hear God. And she started hearing God and then rebuking me with the word of the Lord. I didn't like it. <laughs> and I, I remember one day I was complaining about something in one, in one room and I hear her shout from another room. She's 13. She goes, hey, dad, the Israelites complained in the, in the desert and, and wandered for 40 years. You want to wander for 40 years? I was like, thanks, Anna. <laughs> she was basically saying, shut up. You know, maybe, maybe God will use your 13-year-old daughter to tell you to shut up. I don't know. But, but the Holy Spirit sometimes is just saying, shh. This morning, I was all fired up. I had to chase a puppy that I didn't want in the snow that wouldn't come back to the house for me and hid in the bushes. Seven degrees outside. My wife's laughing at me, watching out the window. I know you were laughing. I don't see it, but I know you're laughing. And this dog is, is under the bushes. I'm yelling. I have to, I'm like, I've got to go preach the gospel, God. This is dog. And my wife comes to the top of the stairs. She's like, you need some help? I'm like, what kind of jerk would I be to get her out here in the snow chasing this dog? I, wanted to, I said yes. And then I was like, no, I got it. It's fine. And then I just, shh, I just got quiet. And the Holy Spirit was just laughing at me. He's like, you want to preach the gospel? Shh. Quiet your mind. Quiet your attitude. Serve. Do what I've called you to do. Some of you just need to shh. Just, you want to do what God's called you to do? Just shh. Holy Spirit, help us to stand still in this season. Help us to listen. And the third thing, it's pretty awesome. Holy Spirit helps us see salvation. It says, stand still. Fear not. Stand still. And you will see the salvation of your God. And I want to encourage you with this thought. It doesn't just mean you're just going to watch it. That you're just going to. Just stand back, see it, and watch it. No, the Bible says this about his kids. In Hebrews eleven twenty nine. 29, it says, By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, 
were drowned. What I, what I want to say is this. By faith, they passed through. That, that as the Holy Spirit leads you this year, by faith, you're going to pass through. Pass through what? When they came to the edge of that ocean, they had a demonic army chasing them. They were trapped in front of an ocean that was impossible. The Bible calls the place they were trapped. Actually, in Hebrew, the name of that spot they were trapped is named Liberty. Isn't it ironic that God would chase you down with an army and trap you with a sea and lead you that way and call it liberty? The place that you think you're trapped the most is the place that God has liberty over your life when you begin to actually trust him, actually listen, actually let him work, actually let him do his thing. And the path that was invisible to everybody else, the path that no one saw, the Egyptians didn't see it, the Israelites didn't see it, God made known an invisible path that no one else saw when they by faith stood and saw the salvation of God. And by faith, they passed through a path that wasn't there. Because God led them to that moment. I'm just declaring over your life, there's a path that you don't even see. There's a direction that you don't even know God's gonna open up to you. And when they went into the water, they came up out. You know the story, and the water drowned the satanic Egyptian army. Here's what is beautiful. God led them to the point of Satan's boundary. God led them to the point of Satan's boundary of his authority. So God will actually lead you to the place where you feel trapped to get Satan trapped and bring you liberty, where it's actually a boundary of Satan's authority in your life. As they stepped in faith through that path that no one saw, it was a boundary of depression. It was a boundary for suicide. It was a boundary for addiction. It was a boundary for marital problems. It was a boundary in 2024 for the things that you think you could never get through. God actually leads you to a moment where it's a boundary that Satan can't chase you into this next year. The things he's been chasing you with, the boundary is laid in the sand for him. And as you pass through that door by faith, you end up getting into the promise and this stuff can't follow you into this next year. I don't know what you're coming out of and what you're going through, but the reality is there's a promise for you. I, uh, I had a moment, come on, my favorite restaurant, I'm gonna close with this. My favorite restaurant's Chipotle. Come on, everybody knows that. <laughs> had a moment years ago. I had a, I had a promise of a barbecue bowl. Come on, anybody barbecue bowls? A promise of that one day. It was rainy outside. The Lord said, go get a barbecue bowl. I went up to Chipotle. It was during COVID or after COVID, coming out of COVID. Remember social distancing when you couldn't actually go into a restaurant until a certain amount of people came out? I hate to remind us of all of that. Like, y'all are like, shut up. Why are you remind me of this stuff? I don't know. I'm preaching. Um, <laughs> But I'd go up and I went to Chipotle. I went to the door and the door was locked and there was all kinds of people inside. And I'm like, oh, it's, they can't, I can't go in until a certain amount come out. And it's like that thing, that weird exchange we had to do. Like they're in there. Of course, they're not spreading any COVID anywhere in there. But when they magically come out, I go in there and breathe the air and we're all fine in there. And so, and so I was like, I'm waiting for my promised burrito bowl. And so finally, no one's coming out. I'm in the rain. People start piling up behind me. And they're like wondering what hap what's happening, what's going on in there. And I'm like, yeah, it's distancing. We're waiting for 10 to come out, waiting for a few to come out. I was just making it up. I thought that's what was happening. They start piling up behind me and I'm just looking and nothing's happening. And they're like getting frustrated. I'm panicking. I want my burrito bowl. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like at the door and I'm looking and it's locked. And I'm waiting for an employee to come let some people out. No one's coming out. And finally, I see this little sign that says, do not panic. This front door is having some malfunctions. <laughs> 
please use the side door. I was like, oh. I had to turn around like a goofball and tell everybody, hey, side door's open. And we all, you know, went around to the side door. And I, I just want to declare to you, like, stop panicking. Like, victims panic. Like, God's kids don't panic. Like, there might be a malfunction in the marriage. There might be a malfunction in the ministry. There might be a malfunction with your kids. There might be something happening with the front door. God has a side door. When you panic, people pile up behind you and they worry. No, no, no. God, I'm not going to worry. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me? I'm not going to worry. You've got a path. You have a strategy. You have a direction. Lord, I'm not going to allow this stuff to chase me. I'm not going to allow this stuff to follow me. Lord, I am by faith seeing the salvation of God. We're going to go back into just a moment of worship right now. Lord, we just give you our heart today. Lord, going into 2024, you lead us by way of the wilderness sometimes. I don't, I don't know and understand it always, God, but you lead us by way of the wilderness. You don't want us to turn back from war when we see it. And so, God, I declare that we would get strong enough. You would put every weapon inside of us, every tool we need to fight the battles we need to fight in 2024. God, where there was no way, would you make a way right now? Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.